welcome to Inklings. I am Emily Bell Freeman, and I'm so excited to welcome you to a space where you and I get to experience a hint of something more together. This is a community where we lean into discussions that will help us obtain a bedrock understanding of the doctrines of Christ. Not overnight, but every day better. Strength gathered over time. There is a place for you here. Looking forward to spending the semester with you as we embark on a journey focused on becoming His. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Inklings. Um, Let me tell you where we're going to be. Um, And... Let me also get our friend for today. We're in Mark Eddy's talk is the talk we're going to be studying. And then we're mostly going to be in the triple combination today is where you're going to find us. Um, and things and Elder Eddie's talk. <laughs> And, no, I oh, did it. Look Emily. how easy that was. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't even scary. hard. <laughs> we were so worried. We were so worried how it was going to work out, but it just okay. worked out perfectly. Um. Okay, everyone. This is going to be such a fun one today. Before I was just telling them where we were going to be and um, where they should go to, but I'm so excited about this one because you guys. Tamara was my best friend in and college. We were together for the beginning, right? So you got married, right? Yeah, and college. So high school and college. And um, we grew up in the 80s like a lot of you did. And Tamara had really, really big hair. Like everyone had big hair. It was. Do you remember my nickname? Really big hair. Okay, okay. That's what I was just going to tell him. That's who you are in my phone, too, FYI. Um, and we called her the Ness. That's what we called her. Because it was. her hair was so big, you could put stuff in it. And, and she wouldn't even find it until we should have found a picture if we, so we stuck, stuck I haven't seen there. that picture in a long time. But it was pretty, I thought it was pretty amazing. It was good hair. <laughs> <laughs> it was good hair. So that is so fun. And... um so Tamara, to introduce yourself to everybody so they know a little bit about like who you are in 2023 well, instead of who you I, were I in the same. I just had better hair, I think. <laughs> but um, yeah, Emily and I, we used to, and I don't know if you told this, uh, told this part about yourself, but Emily wrote, can I tell? No, I haven't. I so this will be a big Okay, reveal. so Emily and I but, used to yeah, do like can. traveling firesides. Yeah. And the awesome thing about Emily, which you probably don't know, is she has a bunch of, we have a bunch of cassette tapes. You do. I was fortunate to sing on some of them. I know that they pop up every once in a while. Some of my like old friends will go, I remember that cassette tape. tape but we were called Side by Side. Wasn't that our name? And Emily wrote the most amazing music. And I, and sometimes when I listen to her books, I hear those words. She's an amazing writer. And you've always, you wrote for, I think you wrote in high school, right? So you started writing when you were really young. And we used to sing together and do firesides and we had awesome outfits. They were like onesies, units. I think they were called units, but yeah, we were like a band. (laughs) Yeah, does anyone remember units? It was awesome, but. So who am I today? I'm just an ordinary woman, except for I feel like I'm extraordinary to Jesus Christ, but. I just, I have nine kids. I have six biological, three bonus kids. Um, I've lived all over. We, we kind of lost touch in the beginning. I mean, after high school or college, I've moved all over the place and seen the world. And then we kind of found each other again this last year. But um, I don't really, that's, I'm just a, I'm a mom. And I just went back to school at BYU. It's really hard. I wear a backpack with all the kids and people are like, why are you going to the college? I'm like, I want to be with the kids. I want to be with the young single adults. And it's really fun, but it tries my confidence level because it's hard. It's really hard. The kids are really smart. But um, yeah, I just, I'm a mom and trying to be a good wife and a follower of Jesus Christ, trying to get everybody back to him. And it's a lot of work, as you know. So, yeah. Yeah. 
it really is. Um, and one fun thing about Tamara is she has worked a lot with um, EFY, the EFY program for years. Um, she yeah. has done love, a lot of work there. Love so, the youth. Love the so youth. So fun. Yeah. yeah. So that's so fun. Um, so we are going to dive into Elder Eddie's that's talk, perfect. which is one of my favorite ones. And um, this is. I think this is, I don't even know what week it is, but we're almost done, which is so crazy to me. When we get to this point of the study, I, two things happen to me. First of all, I can't believe we're almost like ramping up for another conference right now and like getting ready to prepare for that. But I also love like looking backwards at this point. We were studying, um, becoming this that was our study for this time and um president nelson wanted to say uh the challenge was the invitation was become this righteous people and um i loved that thought of becoming something over six months and um we've been working on that and i looked back i always start looking back at this point of all of the lessons that we've learned, the talks we've read, the, the ones that have become like fast favorites for me over the six months. And I, I love that we are like growing and progressing and increasing together. I, was, I did a fireside last night here, everyone. It was the last Grace fireside. And when I was getting ready, I was like, the funniest thing is if someone had said to me, what are you doing tonight? I would have just been like gathering with friends to talk about Grace. And I just love that we have this community of friends that we are studying with. And um, yeah. everyone's asking what your last name is. McFadden. Tamara McFadden is um, her last name. And I'll um, link to her Instagram when we're done so you know who she is and um, you can follow if you want. Um, so we're going to just start out with the virtue of the word. And I have been thinking so much about this since our last inklings last week, we studied in detail Alma 31 and Alma 32. So it's such a good like dive in. And the other word I've been studying just in the past few days is um, discipleship or how we disciple each other or how we mentor each other is another word that has been like really on my mind this week as I've been studying. So I just want to um, jump into this. That word virtue can be translated also to mean strength. And I love that his talk is called the virtue of the word, but it could yeah. also be called the strength of the word. And so I'm just, I'm so excited to hear what was like a standout to you from this talk. I or have so many. I'm sure it's you really, have more than it's one, actually but... really hard to yeah to pick something. I, I actually couldn't. But if you're if are you asking me to start out? So I think yes, that you start, start out. to start. What I loved. So when I think about virtue, I also think about power, and I have two favorite words in my life. It's peace and power. Those are like everyone knows. Those are my two things that mm -hmm. I want in my life, and I think that's. Us, I think women, we need as power, we need, or as women, we need more power, especially in the world today. And so that word stuck out to me. And the virtue of the word means strength and power in Jesus Christ. And I have this like secret weakness. I, I've worked on it, but I used to love um, infomercials. And <laughs> I know this is so odd, but I think it started when I was like up late nursing my babies and when I was a young mom and you know when you in the olden days when you turn on the TV there was a ton of infomercials and I felt like my life was so crazy because I had five kids under the age of six and I had a set of twins that surprised me and I was so overwhelmed and so I would I would get up and nurse my babies and I would watch these infomercials and I was like this is going to change my life I have to have this product and and I would buy into it and I would buy it and and of course it didn't, but I, I had this one day when we moved, we moved around a lot. My husband found this room full of like infomercial stuff. He's like, you, you have to stop. You have to stop. So I started working on it and it reminded me one day when I was uh, reading actually this exact chapter um, about the power of the word that has a more 
Elder Eddie talked about it, but it's Alma 31.5, where it has a powerful effect on, on you to change you, right? Than anything else. And it brought me to, do you remember, you'll remember Emily, and some of you will remember, but I think it was October General Conference 1986 when Ezra Tap Benson, who was my teenage prophet, so he really like was a big deal in my life at the time. And he talked about the Book of Mormon and was the keystone of our religion. And that quote, there's so many zingers in that talk. There's so many good things. But that there was a quote that he said that he talked about how the Book of Mormon teaches us in, in the power, the virtue of the word of God is yes, Jesus Christ, but it's also his scriptures, right? His teachings and the words of the prophet. So it all combined into this one quote when he said that the Book of Mormon teaches us truth and it also bears witness of Jesus Christ. But then he said, but then there's more. And he talked about this power, which really has become the reason that the word power means so much to me is he talked about the power of the Book of Mormon, the power of the virtue of the word and how it had power to help us resist temptation, avoid deception, power to stay on the straight and narrow path and will give us life and more and more abundance. So as I'm watching these infomercials thinking it's going to change my life, I flipped and I remembered that quote. And I can say without fail and, and testify and support Elder Eddie that the Book of Mormon or the power of the Word of God will change. It really does change your life. The moment, and he says that word, the moment, immediately, both words that I love, anything that helps us quickly. The moment you open up and begin to study the book, it will change you. And that's what Alma was talking about with his people because they were living in darkness. They were struggling and all of us struggle. All of us sometimes feel darkness. All of us sometimes feel that we've lost perspective or we're struggling emotionally, physically, whatever it is, or our children are, that he knew that if he, if he opened up the power or the virtue of the word of God, if he taught them the teachings of Jesus Christ, it would change everything. And sometimes we think that's just not true. Or we think, oh, how can something do that? But it really did for Alma and it, and it did for me, which reminded me then of that awesome quote by Boyd K. Packard that true doctrine understood changes attitudes and behaviors. The study of the gospel of Jesus Christ, what is it? Let me see if I remember. Oh, the study of the doctrines of the gospel will improve behavior quicker than the study of the behavior will improve behavior. So that just coming out quickly in that talk, just when I read it, it filled my mind with these memories and how important the virtue of the word of God is because it brings power into our lives. And I need that. And I love that so much in the comments on the discussion board from Sunday. So many people really? said that Elder Packer yeah. quote, and it really is so true that as we get in, mm -hmm. um, the word will change our life. It, it actually will change it. And that's something for me, the more that I've studied has been true. And I've been actually thinking about it a lot lately because of an experience I had a couple of weeks ago. I was speaking in Phoenix to a women's conference and I finished speaking and they asked if I would do a Q&A for like there was 15 minutes um, that was going to be a Q&A. And um, the women could just ask whatever questions they wanted to. And there was this darling girl in the left, on the left side of the chapel who raised her hand and just talked about a struggle that she was going through. And she was so vulnerable about it and talking about um, what was happening in her life. And just mm -hmm. if I had any suggestions for it, and the spirit um, wanted to say so quickly, oh, I love, I have lipstick on my teeth. Everybody, good job. That good is job, awesome. I always say to David, why do you not tell me my hair? Yeah, let me fix me. Okay, am I okay? Um, yeah. The, um, the spirit immediately said, don't mm. give advice. Turn to the scriptures. And it was just, it was so like quick and profound. And immediately I was like, which scripture? And then a thought came straight to mind. This is what she needs right now. And as it happened, it was such a sweet moment, but it also was really powerful. I've had so many women write and say the most powerful part of the conference for them was that one question wow. Wow. from the woman on the left-hand side of the chapel. And I think it is because the word actually two things scriptures can, um, can do for us. First of all, bring an increase of the spirit and 
power. But someone can give you advice that you maybe will write down so you can remember. But in two weeks from that moment, you will forget what advice they gave you because it's not right in front of your eyes. But in my mind, I was like, when we share scripture and two weeks from then, someone is still in the midst of that struggle, they can say, okay, where, where did she tell me to go? And turn back into there and start reading through the scripture. And then the spirit can teach again. It can testify again of that healing or that power that comes from Christ. And I love that all scripture is, yeah. is somebody's yeah. personal experience with Jesus. This whole book is somebody's personal experience with Jesus that became an answer or an evidence to someone. And um, on that day, the scripture that I shared was the woman who touched Christ's robe. And this was a, a girl who had been struggling with an issue for a lot of years. And one of my favorite things to do is, is look and see, okay, where is a story in the scriptures similar to my situation or to their situation and then go there. And the only way we would be equipped to do it is if we're mm -hmm. actually putting time in the scriptures um, and we know them. And when someone says something, we're like, oh, that makes me think of this scripture. And um, I think that power comes from that. And the yeah. power that President Benson was talking about comes yeah. From I love that. that. I remember when I lived in Australia, the the Polynesians would invite me for dinner. And by the way, I think I was born in the wrong culture. I think I should be Polynesian. But they, the reason I like I connected to them is because they rang the doorbell and then they would bring food in and it, like they would bring plates and plates and plates of food in. and then they never stopped. They would go back out to their car. And I'm talking platters of food. I've never seen so much food. I started to laugh. I'm like, is this real? And then they would sit and they would eat and they would eat and they would continue to eat. And they didn't care if you were full. You just ate. And it was, they call it the feed. It's a feed. Do you want me to come over for a feed or come over to a feed? And it reminded me of that um, scripture, feast upon the words of Christ. For the words of Christ will tell you all things what ye should do. And I think that's in Second Nephi 32. I should know my scriptures. <laughs> I should know my scriptures. And um, I think that it's really important that we feast on the words of Jesus Christ. And, and there's something remarkable that happens. And it doesn't mean it has to be done in a certain way. Doesn't have to be done in a certain time, but President uh, Nelson said to that he promised us that beautiful prophetic promise that if we will read it every day, if we will feast or feed on the virtue of the word every day, it will change your life. It will change. You will have a mighty change, and it will be the most effective way to change other people's lives. And we all have people in our lives mm -hmm. that we want to help whether it's our family or friends or acquaintances or whatever. And so I always think of the feed, the Polynesian feed and make sure that I'm trying and I'm not successful every day. Who is? Nobody is. But that I'm trying every day to open up, especially the Book of Mormon. There's, there's something remarkable. It, it's actually magical. It's probably not the right word, but I feel like it's magic. Good spiritual magic. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and it's so interesting because I'm a big fan of all scripture. Um, and I particularly yeah. love the Bible. So those of you who have heard me teach a lot know I am drawn to the Old and New Testament for yeah. some reason. I don't yes. know why. They just call to my heart. Um, and I feel like all scripture is from God, is all the word of God. But it is interesting that in our day, in this time period, there has been a specific call from prophets to really lean into the Book of Mormon. And um, I don't know if those words are necessarily more powerful, but the Book of Mormon has been given prophetic promise that if we turn to it, we're gonna experience those blessings. And I love the thought of that, of just fitting it in. People yeah. say to me all the time, yeah. how do you get all your reading done? Yeah, I think that um, same your thing. Your Humball <laughs> Me reading and then your Book of Mormon reading. And um, for me, the, I am 
every year trying to get through whatever the study is that the church is doing because mm -hmm. it's the one year I'm going to read that book in its fullness. Um, the Book of Mormon for me, sometimes I'll just grab one verse a day <clears throat> that I'm going to go through so that I have that promise um, in my life that comes from opening those pages. But I'm not as strict about finishing the Book of Mormon every single year as I am about really finishing the book of scripture, we're studying together as a church, but then just letting that, um, those words from the book of Mormon come in. It reminds me of this scripture that he talks about um, in on the second column from Alma five, where yeah. he talks about behold, he changed their hearts. Yea, he awakened them out of a deep sleep. And then I love this part. They were yeah. in the midst of darkness Nevertheless, their souls were illuminated. And I love that thought of you can be in the midst of darkness. And one of the ways light will come or your soul will be illuminated is by turning to the word, by turning to scripture. I remember a time out for women I was speaking at and we were on the plane with this darling woman who said she was coming with us to hear us speak. And she had just been going through cancer and she still didn't have hair and we were talking about her journey and she had just finished her last chemo and someone said oh you can see the light at the end of the tunnel and she said oh no i've carried the light well, with me it. the entire love that. oh my goodness yes, i love that you actually have the chills right that? now that is so beautiful yeah yeah in a really dark time she had the light with her illuminating her soul and you can probably speak to that to, to speak to um that those dark times but how the word can illuminate those even the I darkest can, and, that, of time. and and that's actually the one I, I mean like i said i when someone says what's your favorite scripture i'm like oh this is my favorite oh this is my favorite i have so many favorites and elder eddie's talk had so many favorites in it but I, I love that you went to that specific scripture because that really resonated with me over this last year, um, feeling darkness. I, I actually, and I've said this before when I post a video and I've talked about this experience, but my son, um, my beautiful, beautiful 16 year old son, who was my baby, um, he's still my baby, although he's probably a lot smarter than me and wiser than me now, but he passed away a year ago and in a construction accident, he came into my room, said goodbye. We talked and laughed, and then the next, and then the next hour, I got the worst phone call of my life. And it was, I mean, talk about darkness. It took me to places that I didn't know. And I thought, listen, by the way, I thought I had a bunch of trials. Like, I think all of us, and I love people. I actually so love every person I meet because everybody has a story, and all of us are struggling with hard things. And I really thought okay, I've, I've done a lot of hard things. And when I moved to Utah, I thought I, I thought I felt like this was gonna be my season of peace. I really felt that way. And then a year later, I went to such a dark place. Um, I didn't stay there long. That's why I love that you talked about that woman because I, I didn't stay there very long. But I went there for even just being there for a few minutes, an hour, a day, a year, whatever it is, it is a difficult place to sit. And I needed so much help. In fact, I can't think about the, I can't even find a word that would describe what emotions, what, how I felt. I mean, I think Alma talks about some of the closest words I could ever find when he's relating his story to his son, Helaman. Mm. He's sharing and testifying of his conversion. And he talks about these torment, um, like deep grieving, distress. He was so pained, right? This awful torment he talks about. I, that's the closest that I could ever feel when I got the news, that phone call that my son was gone. Um, and it was a darkness that came over me. It was a sadness. It was, it was, I felt like I was in shock. It was the weirdest feeling. I've never felt that before in my life. I couldn't feel anything for a time. I couldn't feel my son. I couldn't feel the spirit. I couldn't feel, I was just in such a deep place of shock. And and I knew my soul needed to be illuminated because I, I need to sit there. I can't exist. I feel like I could never survive without the light, without um, the spirit in my life. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do this life. I don't know how people do. 
And the closer I am to Jesus Christ, the closer I am to the light, the better I feel. But I couldn't get there. And I didn't know how to get there. And so what did I do? I had the most remarkable experience. I remember laying in my bed less than 24 hours after my son had passed. And the Spirit said, go, go to the Book of Mormon. And um, I opened it up and I went right to it. I'm going to show you because I have it. I have so many things in this part. I have it. I, I wrote stuff. I've got post-it notes. And I opened up right to this spot. I've got this quote that's barely hanging on, which was really important for me during this time. But I was, I was so drawn to, to the brother of Jared in the book of Ether. And I don't know why. Like, that didn't, wouldn't mm. seem like, why there? In fact, I thought maybe I should go to Joseph Smith and the Liberty Jail. There's so many places. Maybe Job. Let me go to Job. Um, maybe Moroni as he wandered around for 30 years and didn't know where to go and he was alone. There were so many places I could have gone, but for some reason I, I went right to the brother of Jared and I began to read about um, his faith and the miracles that happened in his life. And if you remember that part that I think it was Elder Eddie said, indeed throughout scripture we read of miraculous blessings poured out upon those who have chosen to try the virtue of the word of God in their lives. President Nelson described it as our latter-day survival guide. If I ever needed a survival guide, this was the moment. It was so clear to me. And so I began to read this. I read it over and over and over again and just processed it. And it, it planted this seed in me that I, I describe as it became this great oak tree because it started me on a path to and this is before President Nelson said, seek and expect miracles. I was actually sitting in that conference. Um, the Claytons had given me tickets and I sat in that conference and he said those words and it like, it like someone laid a match on me because weeks prior, because it had been, I think, six weeks since my son passed, I had, ex I had done that very thing because of the power of the virtue of the word, because um, the brother of Jared taught me that I can seek and expect those miracles because he did and um i needed some miracles and it and i was reading this quote that's barely hanging on is a quote by president or elder holland and he talked about how the brother of jared um like he wasn't an unwelcome guest he came an uninvited guest and i i decided to become an uninvited guest to my heavenly father mm. <laughs> and i wearied him and i asked for three yes. specific miracles and one of the miracles i asked for was to there was a revelation given by my bishop that Jesus Christ had come and taken my son. And I, I knew that that could be true. I believe in that. Jesus Christ came for a lot of people. Why can't he come for me? Why can't he come for a 16-year-old boy? And um, I prayed to know that miracle, to know if that was true. And I was given a blessing to know that Jesus Christ came and took my, my son before he felt anything. Um, beautiful. I wish I had more time to talk about that. Um, the second thing is I prayed um, I won't say the second miracle, but I prayed for three specific miracles and two of them I've received. And the third one I'm waiting patiently for. I would have never known. I don't know if I would have ever really known that I could ask for these sacred, sacred miracles, these blessings, had I not turned to the virtue of the word of God. Had I not opened up the book of Ether and read mm -hmm. that, and I feel very strongly that I was prompted to go there. And it's changed everything for me. I always felt like I could get miracles. I always felt like I had faith. But the last year, I, I relate to that woman's story so much. I have felt Jesus Christ because he's the word, right? Jesus Christ is the word. I have felt him every day, every second of every day in my life. It doesn't mean that this isn't still hard. It doesn't mean that every day I get on my knees and I say, Heavenly Father, I really, really hate this trial. I really, really hate that you've asked this of me. But I trust you and I trust Jesus Christ and I will continue to hang on to him. And, and the scriptures and the words of the prophet are the only way, Emily, that I could have ever made it through. And I'm still making it through. I still have to open this up daily somehow and connect, be tethered. It's how I keep tethered to my savior. So. Mm -hmm. That's so good. And I, um, I love that thought that where there's, mm -hmm. when there is strength nowhere else, um, there will always yeah. be strength there. People want to know if there was oh, any specific gosh. verse in Ether that stand out at that oh, time. I, and yes. there's so many I, it good was ones. Mostly, in there. Yes, um, it was actually Ether 9, either, okay, it was chapter 3, verse 9. I love it how he says, never has any man come to me with such exceedingly great faith. 
and then 15 and never have I showed you showed myself unto man whom I have created for never has man believed in me as thou hast and that's like that quote from and the quote mm. from Jeffrey R. Holland I don't know where where I found it. it it's so good I don't know but if you look if you put in some keywords you know you can find it but he became okay yeah okay, take, I will okay. take a picture of it after oh, the it's so good all link it's so it good but because that stories. those those verses I felt like the brother of Jared came with such great faith and it didn't mean that he had to have all the faith. It didn't mean that, because I think we sometimes get faith wrong. I think, you know, just that particle of faith, if we just exercise even the particle, look what the brother of Jared, he was able to see not just the finger, but Jesus Christ. And I wanted that. And so, and I believe, and sometimes I think we, we, we keep ourselves far from Jesus Christ. We don't believe, we believe the scriptures. We read the scriptures like, oh, he came for the widow of Nain. Oh, he came for the man at the pool of Bethesda. Oh, he came for this person. He, but, but can he come for me? And the scriptures, someone just said it in the comments, the scriptures are written for our day. So he's telling us, he was telling me specifically, he will come for you. The windows that I wanted the, the veil to part, I wanted it all. And I decided to exercise the faith of the brother of Jared and see what I could do. Yeah, I love that. And um, I think to myself when I read in Third uh, Nephi about the people mm -hmm. going yeah. up to Christ one oh, yeah. by one and touching wounds in his hands and the prince in his feet, and they have this one on one experience um, to understand the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ to understand that. And I can remember decades ago reading that and thinking, I want that experience right now. I want to personally understand the atonement of Jesus Christ. And the spirit was so quick to just be like, then ask. And we may not see Jesus Christ on, yeah. in this life, even though it is possible for some people. Um, but we can personally experience um, the atonement or the grace of Jesus Christ in our life. We can personally experience how that healing and rescuing and delivering comes one on one, just the same way as those people in Third Nephi. And I love the thought yeah. of that, of yeah. that reach from us. Um, it reminds me of that, that song, He Reaches yeah. Our Reaching. That's yeah. what he does. It, when you talked will. about the woman that um, touched his robe, which we talked, we kind of studied that last week a lot. But uh, I, I, I do, I think that one of the things that really, and this talk really inspired me to continue more, but especially over the last year with Walker, um, and by by the way, he's more alive now than ever. So I still feel him daily, by the way. I feel him. And it's a gift from, from the heavens. It's a gift from God. But when she, you know, I think when I talk to you about, you know, receiving that first miracle of knowing that Jesus Christ came for my son, you know, there was one person that said, well, should you tell people that? And I went, first of all, God knows me. I'm, a share, I'm an overshare. I, I want to talk about it all. <laughs> and I love people who talk to me. I want to get really deep into everything. But, um, you know, there have been things that have happened that I've been told not to share. But I felt so strongly about sharing. Again, it goes back to the power of the virtue of the word, the power of, that Jesus Christ can have in our lives. And remember Sherry Dew gave me this awesome quote, and I should really not say quotes if I don't know exactly where they are. But she talked about how Satan wants to keep us so far away from Jesus Christ, because if we don't reach out to him, if we don't get close enough, then... We stay so far away. We stay in the darkness is what it is. And I think sometimes I really believe that we limit ourselves and we limit God. We limit the power of Jesus Christ. Um, Neil, L, Neil A. Maxwell talked about how it's no secret that God wants to give the secrets of the universe to us, right? But, but that, that knowledge that Jesus Christ came for my son and it came to me, at, like I said, revelation through my bishop who was there with my husband on the scene at the time. And then it came through prayer, fasting, and a beautiful blessing. Um, it made me say, wow, have I limited myself? Have I kept myself a little further away than I need to be from the word, from Jesus Christ? And I, I love that story that you brought up with the woman 
that touched his robe because I think sometimes, you know, she came out in a crowd of people. She shouldn't have been touching anyone, let alone the master, right? But she yes. came with all the yes. courage and all the faith. She did a brother of Jared is what she did. Uh, she did a brother of Jared where she said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be an unwelcomed, no, uninvited, not unwelcome, because no one's unwelcome to Jesus Christ. But I'm gonna be an uninvited guest and I'm gonna reach out and I'm gonna touch him. And I think sometimes we see ourselves as just the one in the crowd instead of, or just one in a crowd instead of the one in the crowd. And and when you talk about Third yes. Nephi and how he took, and Bednar talks about, Elder Bednar talks about if he would have taken just 15 minutes with each person or 10 minutes, I think it was 15 seconds, sorry, 15 seconds, it would have taken him 10 and a half hours with all those people if he, if he touched every soul. But it, made, it makes him a personal savior. Elder Bednar also talks about that. And I think that life changes for us when we make Jesus Christ our personal savior. And that's what happened with me mm. this last year is if he came for a 16-year-old boy, and, and then won't he come for me? Can't he come for me on a daily basis? And he does. If, if we don't limit ourselves and don't limit him, and we see ourselves as that woman who touched his robe, that we can come to him, whether we feel clean or not clean or worthy or not worthy or or whatever place we find ourselves, we can always go to him because we are never unwelcome. And I think that's just, that's such a powerful mm. thing that happened to me this year um, with Jesus Christ. And, and I'm reminded of it every day when I open up the word of God. Yes. Yeah, that, I think that is so true. And I wanna go in for a minute into these scriptures I gave everybody this really funny challenge on Sunday that I'm sure all of you were like, that is the weirdest thing that inkling so far. And sometimes I love this. I have always my whole life loved to study scripture, but I particularly love studying with other people. And sometimes the spirit will be like, you should study this word right now. And um, in this past year, mm. regulation is one of the words I have been studying, which is such a funny word to study, everyone, because usually you're like, I think I'll study faith. hope. I think I'll study faith, you know? I, I want to be better at, like, charity. I'm going to study that. And the spirit was like, wow. you should study regulation, which is such a weird word to study. But I have been fascinated by it because... Um, it, it comes up in the Book of Mormon only mm. when everything is in disarray. That's when the word shows up. And it shows up at times when either the society or the church at large is in a time of distress. That's when the word shows up, that word regulation. Um, it doesn't, it's not in very many places. I included most of them on the slide from Sunday. But it's not a word that's talked about often, but is, it just keeps coming up, that funny word. And, and it's described, it will come from um, talking about when the people are in a real struggle, then a regulation is made. That's how it talks. And I was so interested because one of the times it comes up is at a time when it says the rising generation did not know who Jesus was. And they had, they hadn't, they'd been too little when King Benjamin spoke and that that covenant moment happened. They were too little. And um, so they didn't believe. And they also would not call upon God. That's the place that they were in. And it tells us in verse 10, I'm in Mosiah 26 verse, this had not happened before in the church this trouble they were facing and Alma was troubled by it. And as I read this, I just think it's so, um, it's so true both in our own lives when like that upheaval comes, like you're talking about or distress comes um, that it is true that sometimes we have a hard time engaging even with God. We have a hard time praying, um, you just, you have a hard time like entering in. And I think part of the reason why that happens is because entering in requires us to feel something. And in times of really deep distress, it's painful to feel 
things. And so I, I think that's part of what is true. And in this moment, the reason why they weren't feeling things had to do a lot with what the society looked like at the time. And I love that Alma was really troubled over this. And it tells us in verse 14, he poured mm -hmm. out his soul to the Lord. I have written in my Alma, um, the Alma or Mosiah 26, that one of the rising generation who was struggling and actually um, the pathway for people to leave the church was yeah. Alma's own son. That when he pours out his heart for this rising generation, one of those people he's I'm praying desperately for is his very own son um, to be reclaimed. And what, what came to his mind was to remember that waters mm. of Mormon experience he had. And the second thing was to use wow. the word alone to bring them back. And that he was to teach of Christ and to look to Christ in that moment. And I just love in the moments where things feel like they're in upheaval, that this is where the scripture says, go, go to this place. And so he preached repentance. He numbered the people. And in verse 37, it tells us this is how he regulated the church. Um, and I love that preaching repentance, sometimes we want to preach repentance as you have to stop doing what you're doing. I, and, but it's more. And that is repentance. But yeah, often when you see that word repentance, it means he was teaching the people to turn again to Jesus, to turn back to Jesus, to change their focus to Jesus. That is repentance. And and he was supposed to use the word alone to do that for people. And the same thing happens in Alma 6. They go through that same thing where he went through that calling people to repentance, to know Jesus, to turn to Jesus, and that numbering of who wants to be part of this effort. And I love in Alma 6, 5, it tells us this really interesting phrase that the word of God was Ooh, liberal like that word. unto That's a good word. all. Yeah, and I love that word liberal. Um, when I think of your mind could accidentally go to politics when you use the word liberal. And in this situation, that's not a helpful definition. Um, liberal can also mean, um, well, I'm just going to give you my definition. It's how <laughs> I use of butter. That, that is the definition of that is liberal. So <laughs> it's like on your or your pancake. I made pancakes yes. yesterday and you know when you put yes. butter on and it is like dripping off the edge that's how I like it on my yes. potatoes too is yeah. liberal like I just want that and when I read this I love that he's like the word of God was liberal unto all it was there was so much goodness it was just like dripping um, through that society and I love that that's how he mm. went in and that none were deprived from hearing it. And um, it was so important to him. We read just before that, that he yeah. gave up the judgment seat in order to be able to go out and share this word. And I want to think about like, what does that actually look like in a life? Like how, I would love to ask you, how have you gotten to a place in your life where you can share the word of God liberally that you can be generous i love that someone just put that in the comments with sharing the word of god like what practices have you actually put into place in your life that allows you to be able to share scripture liberally generously um what, what would be some of your suggestions well for i i actually love that they changed for the strength of youth love it so much because it stopped being a checklist. And we, I, I don't like checklists. I've really struggled with that my whole life. And I'm a, I love checklists. Trust me, I use checklists for so long. And then I got to a certain age that the checklist couldn't happen because I, I was crazy. I had so much going on in my children and life is just so busy and trials and challenges. And I was moving every two years, I felt like. And 
it was just a really difficult, it's difficult. And, and so sometimes I don't love checklists, but I will say that the one thing that I have done that has changed everything for me, like daily change I'm talking, is that I start my day, and it might not look like that for everybody, but for me, someone said, why put on the armor of God at night? <laughs> the day, I think I was a teenager when someone said that. And I thought that's so true, like I need it so badly every day. So I wake up a little extra early and I, a little extra early, is that a good phrase? And I, um, I make yeah. sure that I open up the scriptures. Um, I will actually, it's that, it, the quote that stays in my mind is it's Robert D. Hales, when you wanna talk to God, you pray. And when you want God to speak to you, you read the scriptures. And that is such a powerful quote for me because I need that before I start anything, especially now, because for me, the days are hard. And even though I feel the atonement in my life and I feel Jesus Christ, I still have to work through a lot of emotions every single day. And so I start, I want to talk to him and I want him, I have to have him talk to me. And so I get up every morning and that's the very first thing that I do. If it's for five minutes, great. If it's for an hour, that's even better. If it's for 30 seconds, whatever it looks like, I just start my day that way. That is just the one thing that that has just been the greatest blessing for me. Um, you can't teach something if you don't know something. And so, um, and then I always mm. think about that. I think someone put it in the comments that the scriptures are written for us in our day. Um, and it will answer all the questions, right? I think it was 32, 2 Nephi 32, 3, that it will tell us all things what you should do. The other thing I would say is that you have to have, in order to have experiences of knowing, you have to read it, right? But then you have to exercise, um, experiment upon the word, I guess, is what I would say. And I remember being in Australia. <clears throat> Australia is amazing. I would so live there if I could. But it was a harsh place. Like, there were a lot of swear words that were said, and my kids were like, like, it was just like this opening up of whoa this is a different lifestyle there were the the morals and the values um not in the church but outside of the church a little different and my little walker who was 10 years old came home from school and started telling me things he was hearing at school and i didn't know how to help him because even though i'd lived all over the country of the united states i i just we'd never lived in a place like this and i remember getting on my knees and this is simple it's so simple but it was so powerful again that word I got on my knees and I said, Heavenly Father, you love him more than me. Help me help my son. And the spirit, as clear as day said, go to the Book of Mormon. Open up more Mormon, um, the first chapter of Mormon. My son was 10 years old. Mormon was 10 years old. And um, he was living in a place that was difficult and dark. And he was struggling and he was alone. And my son felt very alone. And, and again, this sounds like spiritual magic and it is but i read him this this uh, chapter and my son i could see almost see and feel his strength of okay if mormon can do it i can do it and i think that's um i think first and foremost you have to require uh, acquire a testimony that this isn't just a, a task a to-do list something that oh this is just something i have to do and i've been told to do it i have to do it it's it actually is the hugest blessing in your life. It actually will create, it will illuminate your soul. It will give you power. It will bring you peace. It will change you the moment you open it. And when you acquire that testimony and you have those experiences and be patient with yourself as you, as you try to get those experiences and it won't look beautiful every day and it won't be perfect every day. Nothing is ideal. It's just, it doesn't exist. But when you acquire that testimony of it, in your own life and you see the power work in your own life in small ways and big ways, because I think they both exist. Um, then you, then you can't help. It's like Alma when, when he said, Oh, that I were an angel that I could just tell everybody. And mm -hmm. I feel that way, especially over the last year, I wish I could tell everybody, take you on my journey of, of the difficulty, but also the joy, right? The, um, just, if you don't, don't mind going back to Alma 36 when he talks about his um, the pain that he felt and this is another example of how the, the virtue of the word the scriptures um, changed me during this year and lifted me and carried me and and did things for me that nobody not one soul on this earth could do for me and I thought that I would be swallowed up I thought I will stop I'm gonna stop breathing I'm gonna I wanted to stop living 
I wanted to stop existing. How could I exist every day without my child, my baby boy? How, how could this happen? What does the future look like? And I thought I wouldn't even be able to get up the next day and, and breathe. And so when I, when I think about Alma in Alma 36, when he's ta talking about his experience and he's saying he was struck with fear and racked with eternal torment, his soul was hurled up, it's inexpressible horror and pain. Like how many of us have felt that in our lives, whether it's sin, whether it's a challenge, a loss of someone, a loss of things, um, struggles with our children. I mean, the list, we could do the list. All of us have felt that to some degree. And I love that it's possible because of the scriptures, because I've learned that, that even just opening them up and trying, if that's all you can do, that he says, then he says, oh, what, oh, he says this, this is the best part, that just the very thought of Jesus Christ, is that like, does that just give you like, it takes the checklist away. It doesn't give you a huge assignment. Just the very thought of Jesus Christ changed everything for him. That is the power of the word, the virtue of the word, the strength and the power that comes when you follow Jesus Christ, when you look to him, when you read his words, when you, when you believe him and believe in him. And he says that his mind, Alma 36, verse 18, as now is my mind caught hold upon this thought, I cried within my heart, oh, Jesus, thou son of God, have mercy on me. I have, I have said those very same words, like, Lord, save me. Please save me. And then he says in verse 20, sorry, I told myself I wasn't going to cry, but I'm going to. And then he says in verse 20, and oh, what joy. And I love that word. And I have to tell you, I have joy in Jesus Christ, but I'm still working on joy. It's a, it's a hard word for me. But he says, oh, what joy and what marvelous light I did behold. Yea, my soul was filled with joy as exceeding as was my pain. And this is the pendulum swing that I've been on this year. That I have felt that pain. Gosh, sorry. But because I try daily to do something to connect to Jesus Christ at his word, I swing over to this side daily. And I feel that joy. I have felt the ministry of angels. I have felt the heavens open for me. I have felt this power and peace that I've longed for. And I love that he says, yea, say unto you in verse 21, yea, my son, that there could be nothing so exquisite. Isn't that a beautiful word? And so bitter as were my yeah. pains. Yea, and again, I say unto you, my son, that on the other hand, there could be nothing so exquisite and sweet as was my joy. And I believe that um, this is, I, I don't believe it, I know it. Like, it's not even a belief anymore. I know that this is true. And and just to end for me, that the, I was given a blessing about um, the, I was given a blessing and I was told this beautiful thing about the atonement that I believe is universal for all of us. But it said that Jesus Christ's atonement is so far reaching and so far encompassing that it can absorb every pain, every heartache, every sin, every worry, every care, every troubled heart, every troubled soul, every bad experience, every negative outcome, anything from anyone. And still it is so personal to you and for you. And then I was told that if all I had to do to access this powerful gift was to reach out for it, to reach out for him, to call out for him, and his atonement, and it would immediately wrap me around me like a warm blanket. Isn't that beautiful? And that's what I do daily, is yeah. I reach out for him. And the way that I reach out for him is through the word of God, through his scriptures. And it doesn't look pretty all the time, and it doesn't look perfect. Um, but I, I do it every day, as little or as long as I can. And it has, I mean, I'm living proof. Don't you think, don't you think I'm living proof? Like I'm living yes. proof that yes. this actually works. Yes. I, I just, to go from not wanting to exist to now saying, okay, I still don't like it, but I'll still do whatever you want me to do because I trust you. To me, that's living proof that there is strength and power in the virtue, virtue in the word of God, in, in the word, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that is so true. And I love that, um, the powerful thing is, as you listen to like your story is our challenge is all will be different. All of us, they will be, but don't you love that? This, that scripture, mm -hmm. the word is the answer for all of, and how powerful it is 
that the father can speak to us in our need or in those moments where we we actually need heaven's help to get through he can speak to us yeah. through those words yeah no matter where we are he's going to be able to reach us and i just i think that's such a beautiful way of connecting and when we think about it like that it's building relationship instead of just going through a routine um, it's trusting that he can reach us and when that shift happened in my mind that i was like this is how he speaks to me in a very intimate and personal way all the sudden uh -huh. i'm sure was not a chore anymore uh, like it became this cherished opportunity to sit yeah. with god yeah. every single of my life and i love I love that. And when that shift happened for me, yeah. it drew me in. It draws me in. Like it makes me unsatisfied with my day yeah. if I am not reading something in there I love. And people are saying this has been such a powerful inklings and um, the spirit that has been here with us today. And I just think um, part of it is because of your beautiful story and and what you were willing to share with us but i think part of it is too that we live in a time where we need this we need to live like this and it helps to watch other people doing it so that we can also yeah. practice that in our life and um and to be able to experience him in our own homes the way you're talking about um, and I love that reminder. It just has been such a, a powerful Thanks for, day today. For having so me. thank you I for coming. You. I love you a lot. And, <laughs> and everybody, I, I love you back. Uh, everybody's comments have also been so good. Um, so before we end, and I hate to like go a different direction, but before we end, a lot of you were asking about the general conference notebooks. Um, Tamara, did I, I haven't show seen you these, those yet. how fun they are? I, can't, I love it. I love um, everything about it. Um, yeah, I'm, we're, I love these. Our cute friend, Rio, who is on Inklings regularly, um, comes up with these conference notebooks. And a lot of you are asking, when are they coming? And so this crazy thing happened, everyone. We talked about it, and then we accidentally sold Rio out of all of our workbooks in four days. And so we did another print for everybody who wanted them because I was like, why wouldn't we? I love General Conference. So um, Rio shipped out the whole first batch in Idaho in the last three days. And those are coming if you ordered at the first. Now Rio is driving to Utah this very second. She's in a big truck driving to Utah with a whole bunch of shipping supplies because we are going to ship out all the rest of those workbooks between today and Saturday. It's just going to be this crazy <laughs> shipping party getting ready for conference, which I'm super excited about. So those are just going to start coming. You're going to see them coming in the next week. Um, you should have them in time for conference. And then, um, oh, look, there's cute Kelsey. Tamara is my How cute is that? That's so cute. Hi, um, Then. Greg also wanted me to tell you, everyone, that we have a few more sweatshirts. If anyone is dying for an Inkling sweatshirt, there are a few more left on the Etsy shop. And I will put a link up. Um, there's not like a million, but there's a few. And Greg was like, why are we keeping these in the basement? Should we send out the sweatshirts? So if anyone is in a sweatshirt mood, I'll put those in the stories also. And then... Um, I think there's t-shirts too, t-shirts and sweatshirts. So um, I'll put them up and then you'll be able to go find them and um, we'll just do it until they run out. But we're going to do it. Um, if there's enough, we'll do another run of them if we need to. But if you want the ones that are there, hop on. And then I think that's all. Then I'll see you next Thursday back here. Um, and then you guys. It's okay. like practically it's the best weekend in the whole Is that crazy? Year. The best. Yeah, it's the best week. I can't wait. Um, so 
uh, happy Thursday, everyone. Have a really yeah, good thanks, week, and then I'll Emily. see you next week. Thanks for joining me. This podcast is taken from our Thursday Inklings discussions, which happen live on Instagram at inklings.institute. If you loved being here, I'd love to invite you to go even deeper with me, get reminders, and enjoy first access to all our events and gatherings by going to emilybellfreeman.com backslash inklings.